Hey, this is Brendan Gersall from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hello, I'm Pastor Adam, and I'm excited to be able to bring the word to you today. We've been in a series the last few weeks called the 246 Reformation, and it's been amazing to actually go through this. And what we're, we've been seeking on what God wants to do in the church in 2020. We have over the past few weeks, we've had Pastor Brent, we've had Pastor Seth in the first message. The first, the first message in this series that we looked at was on time. And you know, and, and the time God anoints or appoints for reformation, we looked at the temple, which is the gathering where we come together and we get fired up and excited to go spread the good news. Amen. We do. And then we looked at the table last week, which is where we get together and we eat and the importance of community and how important that is in our life. And I know for me, that has been something that has been huge. Community is important. So we've been excited as a church to take this journey and to walk into this thing. Maybe you've heard about home church and what that looks like in this whole new, this new season. It's definitely be different. It's been different, but it's exciting and what God wants to do. But today, I want to talk to you about something that is just so dear in my heart, and it's dear for our church's heart. It's been totally influential in my life, and I know your life too. And Pastor Brent and I were discussing this and just, you know, what God put on his heart for the church as a vision and, and what he wanted me to speak on, and that was the power of testimony. And I, and I hope you get excited about that because testimony is something that is so powerful and life-changing, and I, and I believe it's a tool that we use in all our lives for transformation. It's a tool that, that we use to, to transform others where God speaks and uses us, but it's also a tool as we minister to others, God does something very unique and special in us. So I'm excited to be able to talk about that. And we saw in the book of Acts this the whole way through. And actually Jesus says in Acts 1.8, you'll see it on the screen, but it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. See, when it says witnesses, bear witness, it's actually the shape of our life. The, the shape of our life is actually the witness of God. Like, like how we actually move through life, how we actually witness for him is, is the shape we take. Our testimony actually gives us a shape, and that's, and that's how we minister, and that's how we, we bear witness to others. It's through the shape of our life. See, we see testimony after testimony in the book of Acts. And I, and I love this book, and I hope you've read through it with us. We actually did a reading plan on this, and if you haven't, go back and read through it. But as we go through this, it's story after story. And it starts in, in Acts chapter 2. The actual Holy Spirit comes and, and just dumps himself on everybody and they're just on fire and instantly they go out and just start spreading the gospel and thousands of people are added to the beginning of the church and, and kind of why we're here today it's just absolutely amazing and then and then it just continued through the book of acts where where people started to do healings we started to see healings and miracles but even before we saw the healings and miracles we saw people out just sharing their testimony and what god had done in their life we saw persecution in Acts. And I'm not going to go through every book and in the order, but we saw multiple different things in Acts where it actually shapes us, where it actually started to shape the church. We saw persecution. We saw Paul or Saul become Paul, the transformation. Who knows Paul, right? And, and the story that throughout the New Testament, we read his letters. You know, I, I love... 
I love the book of Acts because the, the passion of the apostles is just contagious. And I know as believers, as we read that, and as myself, I, I get excited. I do. I get excited about that. And, and it's something that as we read these stories and these things, it's something that's supposed to it just ignite something in us where we go and we just share the gospel. You know, Peter says in Acts 4, Peter and John, it says they're actually throwing him in jail. And it says, what is the right to listen to you or God? You know, what is right to listen to you or God? You decide. For us, we can't help speak about what we have seen and we have heard. You know, Acts chapter 7, Stephen actually gets murdered for sharing the gospel. And this is where the church kind of really took off because, you know, you can, you can take my life, but you can't take my testimony would be his motto. Like, you can actually kill me, but I'm not, I'm not walking away from for what Jesus has done in my life. We all have a testimony. And I believe the people in this book and in the New Testament and in the Old Testament that the, the reason they just pushed through, the reason that they went through all this persecution and all these things to share the gospel, their testimonies, so lives would be changed because they believed that there was actually a life, a fully lived life in that lifestyle. I don't believe they just, they just did it for no reason, but there was something in that life that was so appealing and so life-changing to them that they couldn't stop talking about it. It was something that, that radically transformed them. See, I believe, I believe in all of us, there's a deep desire. There's a deep desire inside of us to live a life that actually matters. And, and we see that as we strive through life and as we go after material things, we go after what, what status and influence. But, but there is something in us. And as believers, there's something in us that wants to live a full life for Jesus, to be fully alive. You know, as we, I had a birthday a week ago, or actually it was this week, sometime, doesn't matter, turning 41, it's a little different. I don't know, people start giving you food for your birthday, you know, that's a problem. But anyway, um, as we get older, I'm starting to, to think, you get in midlife, and it's like, man, what is, you know, what am I living for? Is my life really going to matter? What impact am I having? What is the impact? Like, when I have my dirt nap someday, what are people actually going to say about me? You know, when it's all over, what are, what are actually people going to say? What, what influence did I bring? What, what did I have? I believe that there's, that there's something within us that wants to have a profound impact in this life. And I believe a life in Jesus actually gives us that fully alive life. I believe as we start to share our story and what God has done in us, there's something unique that, that just transforms us and gives us a power and an energy, the power of our testimony. See, we want to live for something greater, and I believe the reason that we do is because God wants to live for something greater, that God wants us to live for something greater. There's a desire in us that we want to live for something bigger, something that actually matters, and I believe that God wants the same thing for us, and I, and I believe there's a verse that'll prove this. It's John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You know, that, that's the enemy's goal, is to actually kill and destroy you, not to even just wound you or wing you. Like, oh, I got a flat tire, the devil must have did it. No, like, I'm, maybe, but he actually wants to destroy you and, and flatten you and, and take you out of this world. That, that's his goal. And then Jesus says, I come that they, you, 
me. I come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. See, I don't believe that we wake up every day and just go nine to five or eight to six or whatever it is, and it's about work and influence and and how much money we can make and and hobbies, and I believe those things are healthy. Some of us actually need to work more maybe or actually go get work, but I I do believe that, that, that there's something more, that that's just not everything, and Jesus came and said, I want to give you life, and then I want to give you life to the fullness. Would you define your life is waking up every day and jumping out of bed and being like, yay, here we go, my life's amazing, and walking in everything Jesus has for me. Because I know we believe that Jesus has a life that is full, and as believers, we say it over and over, but yet our life doesn't really reflect it. And how we talk doesn't reflect what we actually, you know, maybe even believe. Jesus has come so they may have life. See, He came to give us life because before Jesus, there was no life. You know, we had life, but we were spiritually dead. Right? And and this isn't condemning statement. It's actually a reality statement. That I was born of flesh, and Jesus came, and now I'm spiritually alive when I receive him. It's a born again. It's like when Nicodemus says to Jesus, what must I do to be saved? You must be born again. And meaning you're born once and your flesh is alive, right? Jesus is saying, like, you were already born, your flesh is alive, and you need to be born again for your spirit needs to come alive. And once our spirit comes alive, there's something that, that changes in us. And, and I believe that our stories and our testimonies actually make us come alive. They, they change lives, but it's one of the things that is so hard for people to share, like, if I could get you to raise your hands, I, I know that you would say that going into the grocery store and sharing my faith or going here and telling people who I am and, and what God's done in my life is a difficult thing. It is. But Jesus has come to make us spiritually alive and to have life to the fullest. And there's, there's actually, it says you may have life and then there's a comma because it's one statement, but have life to the full. You know, I'm not just going to give you life, but I'm going to give you a fully alive life in me. You know, as a believer, if you're thinking, well, I don't really have a story, I'm not sure, then I would question even the transformation moment. Because God came in and saved you from something. And that something he actually saved you from could actually change somebody's life forever. It could drastically change it. So you say, well, I don't really have a story. Your story is so much better. This story, I'm telling you, the ones that are better aren't actually better. Trust me, lived one. You have a story, and sharing that story will change a life. You know, testimony marks the life of a believer. It just does. Testimony shapes the life of a believer. You know, my testimony is, it is my life as a believer. The testimony is the life I live. It's the life I walk. It's the life I actually, that people see. You know, and the life of the believer is supposed to be full and fully alive. You know, sharing our story or, or I was texting back and forth to Pastor Dan and I just flat out said, you know, is not sharing, you know, what God has done in my life actually disobedience? And I'm thinking, and the reason I actually asked that question because I was hoping he'd give me an answer I wanted to hear. You know, if God actually changed who I am, what did he call us to do? To go to all the nations and preach the gospel, to share our story. So you say, how do... 
well, how do I do this? Like, I need some tools. I need some practical things to do that. You know what? You want some pra- how about your car keys? <laughs> That's a practical tool. I can give somebody a lift somewhere. How about a hammer? You can help somebody build a deck. How about a $100 bill? You can buy some groceries, take it to somebody. How about you serve at the church? This building is a tool that we use to share the gospel. And, and I found that a lot of us and friends that we actually don't have, we, we feel like we don't have the tools to share. We feel like I don't have the skills to be able to do this. And I'm going to go in and we're going to talk about three things, but I believe it's not so much about the tools because we do have tools to share. We, we have practical things that, that God has blessed us with and given us that we can actually use to share, to share the gospel and to set the, set the stage to share our story. And I don't think that's the, the difficult part. I, I, the first thing I want to talk about is, is the presence of God. And see, I, I truly believe that once we, we get the presence, like when you receive Jesus into your heart, when you believe in him, there's a presence that comes upon you. And I believe the more that we spend time and receive the presence of Jesus actually gives us power and strength to go share the gospel. But I, but I also believe sometimes we get it a little bit wrong. Because I, I believe that the moment you actually start talking about Jesus, you will know if you're experiencing the Holy Spirit. See, if we go out and you start sharing about Jesus and telling people about Jesus, you'll know if you're experiencing the Holy Spirit. And if you're not experiencing the Holy Spirit, the more you actually do that, you will experience the Holy Spirit. If you receive Jesus and you were transformed and you believe he came in and and, and forgave you for your sins, and you go out and start telling people about that, there's something that's going to change in you. There's things that, that keep you back. There's fears. Those things are going to start to leave because it's a scary thing to do. See, maybe we make the mistake sometimes. It's not always about being alone. I've made that mistake where it's important to be alone with Jesus in the quiet time and in the space and the secret place where we get fed, but it's also equally as important to go out and share what he's done in our life. What good is it if it's all just in and nothing out? I can't find anything in the scriptures that tell us that. You know, John 14, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. See, when we share with others what you know, when the presence of God is in us and we share, it gives us a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. It gives us a deeper understanding of who we are as a believer when we start to share what's going on in our life. See, you actually have to do it right now because how do you know if you understand it yourself if you can't do it that's the golden rule of learning stuff and what what do I tell my kids go figure it out well I don't know how to make the bed or I don't know how to rake the leaves or I don't know how to make dad a sandwich no I'm joking but I don't know how to do the like go and do that's how we learn so I'm not sure how to share the gospel go do it do it wrong watch the presence of God come in and, and just change the whole thing When you receive Jesus, there's a power in you. It's not you. It's him. It's him. I remember a few years ago, for for me, this just came so real. And I'll just share all my story, but I shared a testimony video here at the church. And uh, Pastor Brent, um, I wasn't on staff, but, you know, God had done a work in my life and freed me from addiction and things. And we made this video, and I was all gung-ho. And then we had... Church in the park at King Square. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I get there. And then there's like thousands of people there. And I'm like on the big screen. And I'm like, 
whoo, this, uh, this is getting real because not only you'll see back at the presence when I had the thing, it, it starts to bring awareness, right? I, I was starting, now, now the presence of the Lord was there and I could feel the video going and now it brought awareness and it brought actually accountability in my life where I knew that now the word was out, that I, I had said God had done a work in my life that God had saved me from, from my past and actually restored me and restored my family and he was starting to do a work. And this, the thing is, is this was so fresh. It was so new. I, I, we don't need to wait until we have it all together. And even if you look in Acts, like those guys did not wait till they had it all together before we went and shared the gospel. If you read through, through the New Testament, it wasn't about waiting until we had it together. It was about going and doing. And the presence of the Lord came on us and it gives us an awareness where we start to be... Like, when God is in you, you start to become aware of your surroundings. You start becoming aware of the sin in your life. And we're like, you know, I need to surrender the TV to God. I need to surrender my phone. I need to surrender to these things. He needs to, I need his presence and everything, and I need more of it. And, you know, in that season of showing the testimony and the accountability that was brought to that, I felt an overwhelming sense of the presence of God and an overwhelming sense of the awareness of those around me that needed what God had done through me. You know, it was a season where I was starving for him. I was starving, but I was full. You know what I mean? Do you ever feel so hungry, but you're full? I, I, was so, I wanted so much more, but I, yet I was full. I was content, but not content where I was. I wanted more of him. There was a hunger that came in me. You know when that started was testimony. It started by sharing, and I know, I know some of you are, are watching when I first started, you're like, testimony, I'm not sure, oh, you know, I'd rather come and just worship, and when you get in the presence of the Lord, if you're before Jesus, and you go out and you start talking about it, he's going to do something in you that's going to drastically change you forever. He loves you. He did that in you, so your family could come to know him. So people could be changed by who are your children. Content but not satisfied. I could get rest in who he created me to be, but I, I wanted to keep going. But I couldn't go on without him. Even though he's mine, I had to have more. The presence of the Lord will make you hungry. He'll make you aware of your surroundings, and then you have a choice. You can either go with him and trust him in faith, or you can turn and not do it. And that's discontentment, and that's where it comes in. And we start to compare, and we get resentment, and we get angry, and we start to fulfill ourselves with stuff that never will. Drugs and alcohol and pornography and material stuff that, that just doesn't last. It doesn't last. The only thing that lasts is the presence of the Lord. And when you have it, I want more. And it makes us hungry. In Acts, when Paul got saved, he got converted. He went out and was preaching, and he said... All those who heard him, Acts 9.21, all those that heard him were astonished. I want you to see that word, were astonished and asked, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? And yet, and it continues to say that Paul got more and more powerful. Uh, why were they astonished? Why do you think they were astonished about this man? Paul was a guy that persecuted and killed people. And now he's actually preaching the name that he actually killed people for. They were astonished because of his testimony. 
They were astonished because of who he was and now who he is. Are people astonished about who you used to be and who you are? Do people see Jesus in you? And again, this, this is encouraging because this brings life. This isn't something where we leave and say, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I can do it. No, it's encouraging. There's a, there's a presence and a spirit that lives in you. And they were astonished. You know, I could tell you story after story where you'd be astonished. And if you share your story, people will be too. Like one, a guy the other night I'm talking to, he's showing me on his phone. He's got this app. You know, I've been sober for one year. It's got like minutes, days, like minutes, hours, days, months, and years. And it's like a year and a half. And then it's got, he's got in how much money he spent a day on alcohol and how much he's actually saved. It's $34,000. Like if I, if I gave you $34,000 tonight, you'd be, it'd be a miracle. You, you would tell everybody. So this guy comes and he's telling me this and, and I could feel the presence of the Lord just whoosh. And as he's telling me this, it brings me to the next point, which is, which is praise. Praise and activation. He, he's actually praising this. This is something that, that we need to praise God for your story. And when you start to praise him and thank him for what he's done, testimony isn't just words, it's actions. And when, when we praise him for what he's removed in our life, it's contagious. When this guy showed me his phone, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to go tell people. And I'm telling you now, the power of testimony. I know there's people that are watching. Right now, they're punching their calculator saying, oh, how much is this a day? Because like, it, it's amazing. And we need to praise him. Praise should bring action in our life. And I don't mean just worship. I mean, Lord, I am so thankful for you in this season. God, I am so thankful that you took me from there and took me here. I praise you for the strength you're going to give me today as I share what you've done in my life. I'm going to praise you for who you are. You know, it says Acts 2.47 they were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying favor of the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily. How do you think they kept adding to their number daily? Testimony. There was something within that. The thousands of people, daily people were numbered to that because these people were fired up and praising God for who it is. And people are attracted. What attracted you to Jesus? When, when was your moment? People were added daily through the word of their testimony. And it was contagious for them, and we live a fully life, a life full alive in Jesus. You know, we need to praise him as we... <laughs> I need to praise God as if I can't live without him, because I can't. And when I praise God like I can't live without him, I can't help but tell people. And I believe that in you, too. I do. I, I, I believe in this season through praise that God wants to change who you are and who I am. You know, there's a story in Acts that uh, Paul and Silas, and, and for time's sake, but Paul and Silas were, were preaching and they got thrown in prison. And as they were in prison, um, there was a huge earthquake. They were, they were locked up and they were singing and praising hymns, right? They were, they were singing hymns and praising God. And it says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, 
Don't harm yourself. We are all still here. I asked a friend the other day that spent a lot of time in jail. I said, what would you have done when the doors opened? He goes, gone. So would everybody else. The, the, the part of this story is, is Paul was there and they stayed and he yelled to the jailer and the jailer came in and said, what must I do to be saved? You know, the chains Paul and them were in actually released the chains of the, the guard. Because you know what? I don't think Paul and them ever even realized they were in chains. <laughs> they weren't in chains. There was purpose. There was passion. And all they cared about is people coming to Jesus. And they praised him. And things happened. And the whole family came to Jesus. And they were all baptized. And instantly, you know what that guard did? The same people that he was persecuting and beating and locked up, he actually started to clean their wounds and look after them. He cared them. Testimony, transformation. When God changed your heart, I know there was a fire in you. Is that fire still lit? It's just part of life. Part of life. It gets, it gets dim and it gets bright and it gets dim. And I want to encourage you today that maybe the key is to share your story, to praise him and get in his presence. Receive who, who he is and who you are in him. Another story, transformation story. A friend the other day, we're talking and uh, a little discouraged and this guy comes over and he's excited and he's, you know, God freed him from gambling and the first time in 30 years of their marriage they have money in the bank. They gamble together and he's just going on. He's got Celebrate Recovery license plates on his car and he's driving around. He's all excited. He's going into handing out cards for CR and King's Church and you know what? One Saturday night he walked through these doors and God changed his life and Boom. You know what God did for me? He didn't wait a year or two or three. And in the presence of God, through this guy's praise, came over us that we both wept. So you know what I did? Told people about my story. It's encouraging. It, it, it lifts us up. Oh, I'm passionate about this. Last one is... Uh, I guess first we all, you say and pray like, you know what, God, God, Adam, Pastor Adam, I'm, I'm in the presence of the Lord. I love his presence. I'm, I, I love it. You know what I do? And I praise him. I praise him. But I really struggle to share it. I'm going to encourage you. The only way that I get over my shame and my past, the only way I was able to move forward and forget about the past and walk in glory was because I shared about my shame in my past. There's no way that I would have got past that without saying, hey, this is what happened to me, this is what happened to me. People started saying, who's the pastor there? <laughs> Who is? That, no, I don't believe it. I gotta go see that for myself. And they show up that the power of the testimony will change who you are. It, it brings life. We need to push the limits is the last point. Push the limits, which actually is availability. We need to actually push through. You, you need to go for this. You need to get uncomfortable because you need to trust that the same spirit that Paul and the disciples received, the apostles received when they're in jail and they're in chains, that they don't even know to the chains. They praise him and sing because they know there's a bigger picture. The same thing released them. We need to push the limits. We need to go out. We need to be available. The presence brings awareness. It just does. Praise. We, we praise him. We become available through pushing the limits. And as we push through, God will start to, to heal you. 
I'm just asking. I don't have any other words to say but other than just go do it. Like, I, as I was writing this and being passionate about it, all I wanted to do was gather everybody, and we can't do that in this season, but just to go and, and just start sharing it. Like, I, I don't know how to tell you any other way than it, it is God saved me, God saved you, the Spirit came in me, it transformed me, and I told people, and it changed my life. And He'll do the same for you. Push the limits, step outside your comfort zone. You know, Peter and John in Acts 4, they went before the Sanhedrin. They were thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. Actually, they healed a lame man. And they, they, they were thrown in jail, and then they were brought before this guy. And this is what Peter said. He said, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for the act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, whom has been crucified, by whom God is raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no one other, there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. In verse 13, this is the one I want to, I want you to take this with you. When they saw the courage, pushing the limits, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could, they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. There's nothing people could say. Nothing people can say about your story. When there's proof, when they see transformation, when you're, at the, when you're at the office and you're not the gossiper anymore, they're going to say, man, what has happened to them? When you're actually loving and caring and volunteering at different organizations or church, people are going to say, what's going on? When you, when you actually start treating your wife with respect, your wife's going to be like, what, what is going on? When you start waiting for her, well, she does it first. No, we do it first. We push the limits. We push through because that's the proof. And, and, and they saw courage in an unschooled, ordinary man. You have the gifts within you to have a fulfilled life. And that fulfilled life comes from Jesus. And I believe that the thing that a lot of us are missing is that we don't share. We don't share what God wants to do in his light. It says, it says in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Even a dim light will shed some light. When you bring a dim light into a room, it'll shed some light. And guess what? Everything in that room will be attracted to that light. When you get in the presence of God, start doing something a little different, and you praise him and, and, and just ask God, make, I'm available, and I'm going to push through, I'm going to step out in faith, God will start to transform you. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Arise and shine. That's what I'm saying to you, church. Arise and shine. You know, we have the opportunity to live a story to go down in history in a defining moment. I don't think there's ever been a time in, in our lifetime where you've had an opportunity to be able to share your story to people that are starving for it. I don't think there's an opportunity. I, I think it's actually easier maybe in this moment to be able to go out and say, how, how is this person actually doing this? You lost your job. 
Like, how are you smiling? Like the foreclosure's sailing on your house. It's because I'm not in chains. There is no chains that can keep me down. Because I have a fulfilled life in my father. He loves me. I'm a son. I'm hungry. It's not what it is. I know it hurts. And, and there's a season for crying and a season for weeping. But you know what? Well, sometimes we need to come out of the bathroom, done crying, move forward, push through, and believe in who God made us to be. And you know what? You have a story, and he saved you. He transformed you. And if he hasn't, you know, if you've called yourself a believer for a lot of years, again, this, this is, is repentance. This, this is love. Love is from our Father. This isn't condemnation. It's like, I love you, son. I know your light's been dim for a while, but I'm here to, to light it, to reignite it. And I believe in this season we're going to move forward. I know God is doing a new thing. You know, he told the, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. See, he's doing a new thing, I believe that, and I believe he's doing a new thing through King's Church. It's a new season. And you know what? We have the amazing privilege of being part of a, of a family of God that loves Jesus and wants to move forward. You know, he's doing a new thing. I don't know exactly what he's doing, but I know he's doing a new thing tomorrow, and I, wanna, I, I know sharing our story and our passion will change lives. And I know it, it, I've said it over and over because it's what, it's, it's what works. I'm going to believe that sharing our testimony will be part of what God's doing tomorrow. I don't know exactly what he's doing, and I'm not sure how he's going to use all our gifts, but I know one thing for sure, that he's promised a fulfilled life in him. You know, when my grandfather was, was dying, he was an old, old man, 89. He was a preacher for years, and I remember on his bed he had a stroke, and he, and he looked at me with his finger, and he said, Adam, if you don't have anything to say at all, share your testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, people would be saved. We look beyond the chains because there isn't any. We share our story to release the chains. God saved you. We're going to pray today. And if you're at home watching or, or you're here, if you just stand, and uh, we're just going to pray something together as, as we close. I just want to pray over this. I want to pray over the presence and, and and praise in our life that, that gives us the strength and the motivation to go share what God has done in your life. And, and I, and I want to pray that God would just dig deep in your life, that you'll share a story, that you'll share your testimony, and then that you'll push the limits, that you'll step outside and you'll believe that the presence of the Lord and our praise is, is going to give us enough strength to, to walk through the doors of fear, that things will break off us, that there is, there is power in what you say. So God, we need your presence. I praise you for my testimony. And I'm excited on how you will use it in this season. God, I receive the full life that you have promised. I will step out in faith. I will push the limits. I will be available. God, I ask for your presence now to be, be with me as I go and as I share. We praise you in Jesus' name for your love and for your grace. Amen.